Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television. Bass Edge Television is on Wild TV in Canada and will be on the Versus Network here in a few short weeks, running all the way from January through June of 2008. This is Outdoors Dan. I've got my friend Aaron Martin alongside. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Just uh, trying to get all my last-minute Christmas shopping done. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Hey, we've got a good podcast. We're going to be joining Bass Elite angler Jamie Fralick, and then we're going to talk with Terry Brown, from really, a, just uh, from what I hear from you, a great, great uh, organization, BassFansArmy.com. Absolutely, yeah. Terry does just a fantastic job with all of the properties, and uh, you know he's really a name within the fishing industry. So it, it should be a really, really good interview. And don't forget, we will also answer the listener email question and give away some great prizes for this week's lucky winner. It's all right here. You're listening to The Edge, the official audio program of Bass Edge. Uh oh, look here, I got one, I got one. Look here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish, good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Woo, look at that song gun, man, that's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. All right, folks, we're going to get this thing cranked and rolling because we got a lot to talk about, and it's going to go really, really quick. Aaron, uh, you know, we're almost to the end of the month, and Christmas is rapidly approaching. And I think one of the things we should talk about before we get into the, the rest of the podcast, before I lose my voice, is uh, the fact that uh, last-minute Christmas ideas, and I would say that I don't think you can go wrong if you get the outdoors person in your life a 2008 fishing license or permit. What a great stocking stuffer. Exactly. And, I mean, you know, that ensures that uh, when they get that, A, that they're going to be legal, but, uh, B, the fact that it's going to, I think, just create a reminder maybe for those who don't fish a lot, it'll preempt them to, uh, you know, to get out there and, and experience the outdoors. But you're exactly right. I mean, that is such a great gift. Yeah, and everyone appreciates it, trust me. And another thing, I know a lot of people don't even think about this, but I'm telling you, guys and gals will simply love it if they love the fish. Who does not like getting a couple crankbaits or a spinnerbait put in their stocking as well? They don't cost a lot, and you can actually find some of that stuff on BassEdge.com, can't you? Yes, yeah. I mean, we have a full lineup of of sponsor products. Uh, We have the DVDs, obviously, from all the way from Season 1, soon to be Season 2. You know, the Bass Edge gear, uh, Cook's tackle system, which that's kind of the tackle system over the year that that took everything by rage. And then, you know, also don't forget Jay's book. I mean, that thing is just, he's been featured on numerous, numerous, soon to come out in Bass Times, actually, next month. And uh, so there's a lot of great stuff on there. would love to have people come on and uh, check it out. Yeah, Aaron Martin bobblehead. Uh, in, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Dan Young do-rag. <laughs> <laughs> you can say whatever you want, but the bobblehead, you're never going to beat it, so just forget about it. Just forget about forget it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Hey, and also, uh, I know this is kind of premature, it's a couple weeks out, but you guys are going to start a newsletter. Yes, yeah, it's it's coming out uh, actually two weeks, and uh, would love that. Now's the time, if you can, to, to get on there, if you haven't already. Get signed up um, so that you can hit the first issue. Steve Brigman is heading that up, and it it's really going to be an exclusive piece. You know, it's not going to be just something that's that's filled with advertisements and that. But he he is actually writing specific columns, you know, specific to the newsletter. But then also, it's going to have all the schedules on there, where we're going to be at, everything that's going on within the Bass Edge community. So it's definitely worth it. It's free. We don't sell your email address or anything like that. But it's definitely worth having your name on that list. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and, uh, you know, Father's Day is around the corner, too, and I'll have my new book out, I Married a Bath, My Life Could Never Be Happier. So look for that. at. Uh, I'm sure that'll be at bookstores, and maybe I can get bathheads.com to carry that as there well. I think be, that potentially will be a bestseller. Are you going to do a book tour? Pardon me? Are you going to do a book tour? I don't know if I can afford that, but, you know, I, I think if I just go to the flea markets around the country, I think I'll have a, a very staple income. My wife is a bath. Great marketing strategy. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, there's just a lot of things going on right now, uh, Aaron, and uh, we're getting rapidly towards the show seasons, uh, you know, not only the TV shows, but a lot of the consumer shows. It's just got a first quarter is going to be here and gone before you know it. It is, and, you know, speaking of which, there's there's a lot of, this is normally the time of year where you see a lot of new things that, are, that will be introduced that's trickling really now into the consumer market based upon the trade shows. You know, the, a lot of those trade shows take place kind of around the middle of the year, both in the hunting and in the fishing. And really, you know, the Christmas season is kind of when they use to introduce a lot of those things, starting with also with the calendar year. You know, and speaking of which, uh, Bass Edge is kind of in that same boat, uh, pardon the pun. You know, we will be changing. We're going to be making some very positive changes to uh, to the podcast, uh, to the newsletter, to the website. You know, I think it's going to be evident within the television program. So just a lot of great things going on. Oh, there you go. What's uh, what's happening with the podcast? Well, uh, you know, Ditch Witch, our title sponsor, is coming on. We're going to feature some new segments. I don't want to give it all away. We're, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Did you get that memo? Yeah. No, you, I, I'm in the dark. I, they don't tell me what's going on, yeah, folks. I, I, I get a call once a week saying, Let's, are you ready to work? And, you know, what What do you got? Are you hunting? Right. Can you come out of the tree? Yeah, that's all right. Hey, listen, we got a great podcast for you, folks. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Jamie Fralick's going to be on your ear, and we're going to have other great stuff right here on the edge. You've got the truck. You've got the toys. Now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both. It's the tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. You want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 tow and pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made B&W famous. The tow and stow receiver hitch by B&W. Call 1-866-BEST-HITCH. Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. All right, we are back on The Edge, and joining us today for the Angler Spotlight is BASS elite competitor, Jamie Fralick. Jamie, thanks so much for being part of The Edge. It's great to be on your show, Aaron. Well, you know, Jamie, I'm sure you live a little bit further north than what I do there in Martin, South Dakota, and uh, it's got to be a little cooler probably than what it is here. Yeah, we got a... We got some snow the other night, so we still have some white patches on the ground. <laughs> well, it, uh, it's kind of hard to think about bass fishing when it's, when it's that cold, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, three weeks ago, we were still catching quite a few bass in South Dakota, but it's, it's, it's getting done now. Well, you know, when you think of, of bass fishing, you know, obviously birthed out of the South, but how in the world does someone like yourself uh, get to the elite series of competition uh, living in South Dakota. That has to be a real challenge. Yeah, it is. We, you know, I grew up fishing the little farm ponds, you know, 30 to 80 acre lakes. And we have four big lakes on the Missouri River. Uh, and each one of them is totally different. You know, Lake Oahe is a deep, clear lake. And then the last one is Lewis and Clark. And it's a shallow marsh type river, you know, with oxbows and, and current. So we had the whole variety of fishing up here. So, I mean, you know, when, when you were growing up as a kid, I mean, is that, is that really what it was birthed from, was, was really growing up on the river and the farm ponds? I didn't start fishing the river till I was probably 
12 and my dad started fishing tournaments and he went and fished one on Lewis and Clark. And I think he liked it so much the next weekend he took me down there fishing just for fun. Well, so, you know, living in, in South Dakota and then obviously as you grew as an angler, you know, really you have to travel, especially now with your schedule, you know, fishing professionally, but how hard was it to adjust, you know, to different parts of, of, you know, the United States and different bodies of water um, considering that you grew up in South Dakota? I guess I always just try to associate the lake I'm on with one that I've already fished in South Dakota. And, and you know, I I failed more in the beginning than I than I succeeded. But, uh, you know, you just try to find something familiar on each one. And, you know, now bringing that full circle, you know, we're really starting to get into winter, you know, and obviously depending upon where you're at in the United States depends upon how significant that that winter is. You know, obviously if you're further north, that's going to play a larger impact versus being further south. But, you know, there, there's really a lot of, of great bass fishing to be had um, really from this time all the way through till spring. Yeah, and this time of year, you know, our, our lakes up here in South Dakota are starting to freeze over, but you can go out this time of year and be the only boat on the lake, and the fish are still biting. Sure. You just got to figure out, you know, how to catch them, and, and normally when you find them this time of year, they're pretty grouped up. Well, and, and speaking of, of being grouped up, you know, where are some of the areas that you're going to be looking, um, you know, to, to try and catch fish? Probably more secondary and main lake points, you know, jerk baits. You know, I would probably throw a football jig. And then what about the, uh, you know, as far as like lakes that have grass in them? You know, how how big of a of a factor is the grass when the, that water temperature is, is cooler? I guess I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never had a lot of experience fishing like late fall, early winter grass lakes. You know, I don't get to fish them very often, so I, I couldn't have a really good answer for you on that one. But yet, when when you're fishing more of the the uh, the lakes, let's say that you know that don't have grass in them, are you on those secondary and main lake points? Are you looking for some particular structure, you know, that are on those points? Yeah, you know, uh, brush piles, anything like that that you can find. And then, are you just using your electronics essentially to you know to f- to find those those yeah brush piles? Yeah, you want normally once you find a depth. Like, if, if you start finding brush piles at, at 20 foot, most of the brush piles are probably going to be at that 20 to 25 foot. Then you can just go from point to point and, and check out that depth and, and find more points like that with brush piles. And not every one of them will be good, but that's something you can start looking for that gives you an advantage or an opportunity to catch more fish. And then, you know, this time of year, are, are typically your, your bass suspended? Are they relating more towards the bottom or both? I, I would say both. You know, like once the thermal climb goes out, I know they really scatter. You know, they'll be anywhere from, say, like on Table Rock, for instance, they'll be anywhere from 40 to 70 foot deep, and they might be over 120 foot, or, you know, they might be in 70 foot on the bottom. Once they get used to it, I think they kind of, I feel they kind of go to a depth, and, and they're not out over, you know, 120 foot. They'll be, you know, like 70 foot on the bottom, up to 40 foot. Sure. You know, and, and speaking of, of throwing like the jig and, and looking for brush piles and structure, you know, just coming off of recently, uh, about a month and a half ago, you know, you came off of a, a very, very strong finish uh, down on Amstead uh, for the BASS Central Open. And one of the things that I thought was very unique, um, you know, in your approach to that was how you actually targeted those fish. Can you talk a little bit and kind of set us up, you know, for uh, really kind of going against the grain a little bit on, on how you caught those fish? You know, I was always told that that time of year 
you had to be flipping grass. You know, the tournament was going to be one flipping grass. If you wanted to do good, you had to be flipping grass. I have flipped grass, but I've never flipped deep grass. Mm -hmm. And I spent a couple days doing it and and getting not a lot of bites. And I I decided right then that I was going to have to do something I knew how to do in order to do well. And I went and started throwing a swim bait and caught, oh, the one day between me and my dad, we would have caught them pretty good. And then we went and looked for other stuff and started throwing a football jig. And so my two baits during the tournament were a five-inch mission fish swim bait and a B&M football head jig. So in in throwing that that swim bait, you know that's really something that has has proved to be tremendously effective. Of course, it's been out on the west for quite some time now. Um, but can you describe, you know, what is the best way to work uh, the the swim bait? You got a real slow, and at Amistad. The mission fish swim bait I was throwing, it sinks pretty fast. It's weighted, and it, you know, it's got a weedless worm hook, so it, it sinks pretty fast. I had a 5-1 reel, and I was thinking I was hardly turning the handle at all. You know, you got to fish it slow. Even if it's one that just goes a foot underneath the surface, it's, it's the slow, just methodic retrieve. So, are, essentially, are you just throwing it out there and just slow reeling it in? Do you provide any action, you know, through your rod, or is it just a, a throw and reel? It's just a throw and reel. And it is probably one of the most boring ways to fish <laughs> until you get that first bite. So you, once you get that first bite, you're hooked. Are you targeting isolated, you know, fish, or are you trying to get them to come out of a school, or, or really, you know, what what are you trying to do to entice those fish? At Amistad, it was mainly I had about a 300 yard stretch of bank that I could catch two big fish off a day. You know, I think they were just some resident fish that were in there. And when you said the action like there at Amistad, there was those wee sad trees. So your bait would be hitting those trees and you'd pop it through the tree sometimes and you'd get a bite that way sometimes. But most of the time it was just when you're just slow dragging it in. And yet changing gears, then you also had a kind of a backup pattern, uh, which was the, the football jig. And that was just fishing 18 to 28 foot deep out on the edge of the grass. I caught my numbers of fish came on that every day, but it was you know the two or three big fish I could catch on that swim bait. Then on the, you know when you moved out to the edge of the grass with with the football jig for the numbers, I mean were they in relation to points or? Yeah, they were. Is what they were. They were bluff end, kind of little bluffy banks, but they had flats that were out at twenty. You know, from eighteen to twenty foot was kind of a flat, and then it dropped off pretty quick to twenty eight, and then there was another little flat. So there were, there were bluff-looking banks with little flats in front of them. And did you just spend time, you know, during practice trying to, you know, did you go in to that lake looking for those areas, or was that something that you kind of uncovered as you went? That was something that I kind of uncovered as I went. When I found the swim bait fish, I had two days of practice left, and I ran around. You know, the next day I ran around looking for more swim bait fish, and, and I didn't find anything that I was real confident in. So then the last day I went back to try to find something close to the same areas where I had my swim bait fish. My thinking was that way I could hit my swim bait fish twice, you know, throughout the day and, and have other stuff real close so I wasn't spending a lot of time running. You know, and, and when you approach, say, maybe not even necessarily a brand new lake, but an, a, a lake that, you know, potentially doesn't offer a lot from, from your strengths. For instance, like you said, you know, you, you don't particularly like to fish deep grass. You know, putting that more on a global scale, what advice can you give us of, you know, trying to break down a body of water uh, whenever we, we approach a, a newer body of water or maybe a newer technique? I mean, how, how do you break that down? If you're going to try a new technique, I would go to a lake that has a lot of fish in it. 
something where you're going to get bites. And, and the biggest thing is just get confidence in doing it. I think I threw a swim bait for two days without a bite this spring. And then once I caught the first one, it's just like something clicks in your head and you're like, oh, I know how to do this. And then you get another bite an hour later. Sure. Uh, so if you're, if you're going to try a new technique, you like throwing a swim bait, go to a lake that has a good population of fish. When I go to a new lake and try to break it down, I usually look at a map and try to find something that looks good to me and spend my whole time in one area. Don't try to cover the whole lake. I try to figure out like a, a quarter of the lake. Sure. And then that's where you spend the bulk of your time of really trying to dissect it. Yeah. You, and I always try to find quite a bit of stuff fairly close together, you know, like in a 10 or 15 mile stretch of the lake. And then that way I can spend most of my day fishing instead of running from here to there and here to there. Sure. Jamie, in our in our closing uh, minutes here, um, you know, back to kind of the the winter fishing uh, in particular, you know, you hear a lot about jerk baits. Um, you know, any thoughts on you know because you have a wide array of colors, you have a wide array of, of bait choices, but how can you narrow those uh, down to to where it, it it becomes more simple, I guess, and and really more productive? I've never been really big on on different colors. I have like four jerk baits that I throw and that's what I throw just about everywhere. You know, one that looks like a shad, one that has a little bit of color on it, you know, one that that's got more color for, you know, like dirtier water. And then what about as far as the depth, you know, the depth that they're running, does that does that matter? Yeah, you know, they make the deep diving ones. You catch a lot more fish on just the regular the regular jerk bait. Or I do anyway over the deep diving launcher. And you think so that's just because of the primarily that the fish hold in that depth range? Well, most of the time when they're eating a jerk bait, they're coming up to eat it anyway. And once they commit that they're going to come up to eat it, I think the deep diving one maybe goes five foot, six foot deeper. Right. But once they start coming up to eat it, they're going to come up and eat it. The shallower one's just a lot easier to work. Yeah. Well, Jamie, certainly uh, I wish we had more time, but uh, I really appreciate your time for being part of The Edge and uh, certainly wish you best of luck in the upcoming uh, Lee Series. Well, thanks for having me on, Aaron. You know what? i got to say, Jamie, that was a pretty interesting interview. And, you know, that's got to be tough growing up in South Dakota fishing on the river. The river is not the easiest place to learn to catch fish. Well, and, you know, and I think that's what often gets overlooked is when – when you think of the Dakotas and specifically South Dakota, you know, I spent a lot of time, I had a lot of family members there and, and growing up, uh, we would go there once a summer and spend time on their ranches then. But when you think of South Dakota, you know, certainly bass fishing is probably not at the top of the list. But, you know, in talking with Jamie, I mean, you know, the Missouri River, there's some phenomenal bass fishing mm-hmm. that, that is to be had there. And that's really where he cut his teeth. And, you know, he still obviously still lives there. But if you think about traveling on the tournament scene, I mean, he has to go a long ways to anywhere that he goes. You know, basically he's heading east and uh, to the south, I mean, for the majority of, of the tournaments. But, um, you know, my hat's off to him because I think he has really uh, brought a, a kind of a new light and a new hope for anglers that particularly don't live in, you know, what you would consider the bass capital of the world, I guess. Yeah, desired location. Exactly. Because I tell you what, there's a world of difference from fishing a sandbar in a lake or, or get into a slough pocket than it is going out there and getting into the grasses and stuff like that. Because totally two different presentations. Well, it is, and you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why that he does well on tours because of his ability. You know, growing up fishing the river, 
you know, at those areas, they have those backwaters, kind of those lakes, if you will. Yeah. And he still had exposure, just minus, you know, minus the grass. Yeah. And I thought he also, you know, added a lot um, to to his winter fishing concepts as far as, you know, identifying those secondary and main lake points. Yeah, uh, I hope he does well in 2008. What a nice young man. Very nice. Yeah, there you go. Well, I can't believe it, but uh, we got to take another break. When we come back, it's the product giveaway time. We're going to get into a listener email as well. You know, I have a little trouble with that transition there with the listener and the product giveaway. I think we should just give everything away. <laughs> yeah, give but, away the farm, right? Uh, I'll give you away. Let's, let's auction you off. Then. Well, hey, well, you might get a dime. <laughs> we better get to break. Or they're gonna uh, us we're going to run and take a break, folks. We'll be right back on the edge. When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's go-to tackle system keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's tackle system by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at cooksgoto.com. All right, we're back on the edge, and it's time to award this week's lucky winner. This week's prize winner is James from Las Vegas, Nevada. And Aaron, I think that's a first for that Vegas. Is definitely a first. Go Vegas! You know? Yeah. So congratulations, James. James, you're going to win a great book. It's a copy of Jay McNamara's book, The Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. I almost said the psychological stuff again. <laughs> that's hard the to psych- say. The, huh? That's hard to say. Uh, the Psychology of Exceptional Fishing. Well, it's, it's you know, you start talking psychology and I get panicked. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're, my wife says I'm scared of the padded room. Brings back memories. It does. It's crazy. <laughs> so congratulations, James. That's a great read, and I think you're going to love Jay's book. And then we got a wonderful question this week, and that is, what style of jig trailer do you prefer for winter fishing? And I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably bigger on your end because you want to fish a little more lethargic. Yes, um, two things. One is I think the style of jig trailer is is a little bit overshadowed by you know people focusing on color. Yeah. This time of year, because of the fish being lethargic, I don't like as much movement in the ends of it, let's say on the pinchers. So there's really two things, especially when attaching, you know, I throw that, that 5 16 ounce spider jig, that round ball head, especially within the Midwest, you know, you get into the grass, then you're going to go to more of that banana head style. But regardless, it's going to be a smaller profile as far as on the jig. Now, the, the specific trailer is going to be uh, like the Zoom Critter Crawl, for instance, and normally what I do is I'll count down about three rings on that, pinch that off, and then run that up on the hook and or on these new title shot jigs that we talked about last week, you can rig that directly onto that bait keeper, and that allows the hook to be inserted or to exit the bait right between the eyes. And I'm very, very uh, anal about that because I want to make sure that, uh, that that jig trailer is as compact as what I can make it. The other thing that, that that particular trailer does is it doesn't have a lot of action. It's just kind of a slow fall and it just kind of, as you're bringing that jig over the rocks and it settles back down on the bottom, there's not a tremendous amount of movement. The other thing is going to be, I'm throwing like on a football jig, it's going to be just a twin tail grub. And that's a little bit hard to say, twin tail grub. But uh, there again, normally uh, for clear water, I like to, to take a, a marker, a dye marker, maybe a little blue or a little red, and uh, just, again, attach that to where the hook exits the bait right between the legs and then that, that twin tail grub is just, you know, kind of resembles that, uh, 
that crawfish with those pinchers that's, that's coming through in it. And it has a little bit more of an aggressive, but not so much so that, you know, the fish aren't going to react on it. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, thanks for a couple of great answers there, buddy. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Got to throw you a bone once yeah, more. Hey, you. folks, don't forget to send out a question or comment, and you will be entered in the weekly drawing. Simply send an email to podcast at bassedge.com with your name and address in the body of the email, and uh, we'll get you entered in the contest. Good luck to everyone. Hey, we need to take our final break. When we get back, we're going to join Terry Brown from BassFansArmy.com. I'm really looking forward to this. We'll be right back. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere. If you own a boat, you need one of these. MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard. All right, we are back on the edge, and, uh, you know, really when you think of getting a website uh, going to access something pertaining to fishing information, whether it be tournaments or just educational information, one that is certainly at the top of their game, and that is Bass Fan and Bass Fan Army. And joining us today is uh, really the original founder of that, and that is Terry Brown. Terry, thanks so much for being part of the edge. Well, I, I got to give you I got to give you uh, the first thing. Jay Kumar is really the brain brains behind this outfit, and, you know, I mean, I was lucky enough to be part of it when we first started it, but, you know, Jay Kumar, who was with Bass Times at the time and had written for Bass for a lot of years, you know, had, had a, you know, he basically invested everything he had, Aaron, into into putting Bass Fan together, and we were just fortunate enough to jump on the bandwagon with him. Well, you know, Terry, when you, you we talk a lot about, and I know you and I have spent a lot of time talking about this very subject, but about pursuing your passion, and you know, really anything in the outdoors, whether it be hunting and, and of course, in this case, uh, bass fishing in particular, that's really what that is about, is pursuing your passion. But before we get into some of the other things, how in the world did you get into coming up with this idea and, and really creating such a robust website for the angler? Well, you know, it's it's kind of a, a work in progress and still is. I mean, we, we've redesigned the website every two years. That's been our, our uh, MO. We've decided that, that that makes sense for people. You know, they get tired of looking at the same old thing. And you know, an example of that is one day we were talking. I said, "Man, we need to have something that you know gets the latest and greatest—a ticker. We need a ticker." And Jay, you know, kind of put his mind to it, and I put my mind to it. Scott Laney, also, who is one of our, you know our principals, he he put his mind to it, and we came up with this thing called Doc Talk, and it's went through the ceiling. I mean, it's you know the latest in news that happens. So it's kind of a work in progress, and it, it's fun because you talk about passion. I come in here every day, and I love being here. It's one of those things where you. You know, you get it. I, I sell. That's partly part of my job. I do Bass Fan Radio. I do a lot of the uh, little writing uh, for, like, tips or whatever it may be, product reviews, some of those kind of things. And, and man, how much fun is it when you get to do something that you love each and every day? You know this. Sure, sure. You get to do this each and every day and get paid for it, too, so it's really cool. Well, and, you know, just the opportunity because, you know, through, for instance, like Bass Fan Army, let's say, you know, you are getting to work with really the grassroots individuals of who drive this sport and, and getting the opportunity to present to them, you know, new opportunities that, you know, that they might not be aware of. Well, I appreciate you saying something about the Army. That was something that, you know, it came out of an idea. We knew we needed to have a membership group when we went out to Portland and had a meeting out at Scott's office one day. And, and I said, guys, we need a membership group, and we ought to call this thing an Army. You know, it had to do a lot with the patriotism of, 
you know, our soldiers that are doing the job to keep our freedom every day, and we wanted to kind of complement them, and so that's where the Army part of it came. But we've grown to uh, over 37,000 members now. We've got 32-plus trails, and it, the, the beauty in it, we've come up with this thing called the Weekend Warrior Championship, which, Aaron, you know about very well. Sure. We're, we're able to bring, you know, the best of the best from across the country from all these grassroots trails and have them fish, a, you know, a week-long event and kind of be a festival of the sport, and, and it's really gaining momentum. The leagues love it. You know, our, our membership group continues to grow. It's free. doesn't cost you anything to join. We give away a ton of product. We give away trolling motors and depth finders, and, you know, Minn Kota has been really good about that. I mean, all of our sponsors on the Army. And now Bass Edge has joined us, which we're really proud of, because you guys got the television and all the things you're doing. So we're really excited about Aaron Martin and, and that whole group of people there at Bass Edge being a part of the Army as well. Well, we're certainly excited to be a part of that. And, you know, just some of the amazing things like you just described that are taking place. I mean, it just makes sense. But how do, you know, how do people get involved, let's say, to be able to participate through some of the many things that Bass Fan and Bass Fan Army has going on? Well, it, it's real easy. All you do is you go to the BassFanArmy.com website, and you can sign up. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a lifetime membership. And one of the things I want to make sure I'm clear of, I talked about the 32 sanctioned trails, but we want people that really don't necessarily fish trails. We want people that you know maybe aren't part of something else to be a part of this because you know it becomes a family to them. They can learn more about what's going on in the sport. Now, Al Smith, you know, he's done miracles with the Army. He, uh, If you know anything about Al, Al came from BASS and then was the president of Angler's Choice. And right after the sec- right after the first time we did the Weekend Warrior Championship, I came to him and said, hey, you know, we'd like to have you on board. And he kind of fiddled around with it a little bit, and then all of a sudden he's joined us. And he's made miracles occur down there. I mean, the, the guy is a, a wizard when it comes to membership groups. He makes it fun for people. We have a contest just about every week going on where we're giving something away. You know, this past week we gave away some some pro pro style hats that only the pros wear, and you know we've had you know hundreds of people sign up in that contest, and it's just it's just about having fun and enjoying the passion of the sport that we have, and and I always say it's kind of a festival of the sport. So just go to Bass Fan Army, and you know, there's a sign up sheet there. We ask you a few questions, you know, kind of demographic questions, so we can kind of feel what everybody's doing out there in the world of fishing, and and then you're in. Well, and, you know, go back to some of the great things uh, that you give away. Not only that, but you're also helping anglers, you know, to save money. I know a lot of times when I get on there and, and up in the, you know, the top right-hand box, you know, you can you can see it where there's discounts or there's, like you say, for instance, access to things that only the pros have. Um, but I think you do a very good job of really kind of having the anglers back, so to speak. Well, we try to. I mean, I, the whole idea, you know, when we started the Army was to get customers you know, and I call those, you know, there are advertisers, really not sponsors, there are advertisers. Sure. We wanted to be able to get as much of that product from those advertisers into the hands of the Army members. Well, the only way I know how to do that is either to give it to them or give them some sort of significant discount that makes them intrigued by that product. And what we found is, is people like Vicious Fishing and, and AES Sunglasses and, you know, all the different companies that we rotate them kind of through where they may give you a 50% discount, up to a 50% discount on their products just because you're an Army member. Right. And really, when you think about it, that's even a steeper discount a lot of times than what most of your entry-level pro staffers are getting. Oh, absolutely right, Aaron. You know, you, you've been out there <laughs> yeah. digging through the trenches, as many of us have. And, you know, it, the first thing that you find out about sponsorship is that, you know, it's really more about what you give to the advertiser than what they give to you. And, you know, the guys that are successful in this business found out that if I do my job and I talk about your product where I get the opportunity, maybe on a weigh-in stage or if you, you know, have media contacts or in the newspaper, whatever, those people will gravitate to you. Those advertisers will gravitate to you. So you have to do your job first. 
But what we're trying to do is get people engaged with the right kind of product. And, you know, we've got like 25 or 30 different Army sponsors that are engaged with us, and they see the value of this membership group. They see what they can do. And it's complementary of all the other membership groups out there. I mean, the, the federations involved, the, you know, the, the Bass Federation, the Federation Nation, all those different organizations have come together at one place, and it's really cool. I mean, you think, think about it. You know, you and I have been through the, the sticker bushes lots of times with sponsors. Totally. How about coming there and being able to get them, you know, just like you got your own sponsorship group there at the Army? Well, and that's really one of the, you know, the tremendous advantages that I see, regardless if you're an advanced angler or even an up-and-coming angler that's trying to, to get into the sport. You know, it's, it's really a place that I feel that you can go, and, and you guys do a lot of the pre-screening for us to tell us what is good or what works or what doesn't. And, and that's one of the things that I appreciate is, you know, really the unbiased look into, you know, specific to the, to the products and, and the resources that are out there. Well, I want to I want to make sure I I'm very clear here. We when when we do a product review, we actually review the product. A lot of people, you know, they'll take the product and know enough about it they can write a review about it, but not us. We I spent as an example on a biosonics unit. I spent uh, over 20 days on the water with that unit and just trying to test it to find out if it works or not. And you know, when you get a review like that, you know that somebody's taking the time. And the other thing that we've done, I think that's really cool, and this is where the army gets involved is we do this thing called a member product review. We'll give you product, let you test that product, and then we test your writing skills because we want you to write in and tell us about what you thought about that product. Was it any good? You know, did you find some, some things you thought might have been better? You know, some of those kind of things. And we're finding that, you know, not only does it give credence to the, um, the product itself, but it gives this person, again, that's trying to get those sponsorships, an avenue to be able to say, hey, I wrote for Bassman. Well, and and that's, you know, really what I think is is part of the developmental process. I mean, to, to be, if you're wanting to pursue a career in this sport or even to be able to enjoy it, you have to be able to communicate and continuously advance your skills. And I think, you know, you certainly laid some groundwork uh, to create that advancement. Well, we, we're trying. And, I mean, you know, all we can do is continue to try. And, you know, that work in, in progress, I think, is very critical. I don't think you ever rest on your laurels. You know, you guys don't do that at Bass Edge. We're certainly not going to do it here at Bass Fan and all of our other properties, you know, whether it's shotgun or walleye coming you know, forward or gun dog or whatever it may be that we come out with in the future. You know, we're trying to do things to elevate this entire sport so people, number one, have fun at it, but number two, can make a career out of it if they want to. And, you know, Aaron, one thing that I've been involved with here locally, we, it, it, I live in Illinois, and I've been able to, you know, kind of parlay my experiences with the Bass Fan Army working with the Illinois High School Association to bring the sport of bass fishing as a regular sport in the high school level. And, you know, we've heard about the collegiate programs and sure. some of that. Well, now we're going we're gonna to ratchet it down one more level. And the IHSA has said, hey, you know, with our 800-plus member schools, we're going to make it an option to where you can have fishing as a sport in your high school. When that starts to happen, man, oh, man, you start thinking about it as a feeding system to the collegiate programs, a feeding system to the pros, we're hitting the mark a little bit better there. And with the Army, I think we're doing that. Well, and, and, you know, our hat's off to you. And I think as anglers, I think to be successful, we have to make sure that, that we are passing on that heritage, that tradition, that experience, because that's really what fishing is about. You know, you hit the nail on the head. It's about having fun. It's about enjoying the experience. And, you know, quite frankly, neither you nor I would have been, uh, you know, in our positions had somebody not taken time out to, to spend that time with us of introducing us into, you know, the many benefits of the sport. So. Uh, there's no question. You know, I'm, I, I just feel like I'm blessed each and every day. And, you know, right now I'm at the point in my life where I want to give back. 
you know, I've been given all, all the way through my life in the fishing business anyway, opportunity after opportunity. And I'm really looking for that, you know, thing to be able to give back, to be able to do the things I think that are right. And, you know, I, I you know, you think about this each and every day, you get to do it too. You know, you're, you're kind of in the TV medium and then also with your podcast, but I get to do Bass Fan Radio. Sure. And each and every day I'm talking to my heroes, and some of my heroes are younger than me. Yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I've got, the, I've got the old pros like Denny Brower and some of those guys who are just my, you know, best, best of friends, and I like talking to them, and, and they've really shed some insight into the sport we'll never see again. But you, you've got all these young guys that I, I look at, like, you know, Skeet Reese this year. What a phenomenal year he had. And then one of the old pros on the FLW side, Jay Ellis. And I get to talk to him every day. How cool is that? Oh, I know. And, you know, the thing that I think – is often overlooked is how approachable and how, regardless of where you're at in your career, everybody came from the same baiting a hook and throwing it in the water. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. And, you know, you're right. It, this is a tremendous amount of fun. And, you know, Terry, we certainly appreciate all the things that uh, that you do on Bass Fan through Bass Fan Army uh, and all the other properties for that matter. And, you know, certainly us here at Bass Edge, we are very, very excited to be a part of that and, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck moving forward, and, and we'll continue our relationship and look to expand on that, you know, in the upcoming season. Well, back at you. Thanks for your thanks for your uh, uh, work and the things that you're doing. You know, I can hardly wait for the season to kick off with the television and stuff with Bass Edge TV. And, and I always look forward to you seeing you in that ditch with shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the nice uh, camouflaged orange, right? Well, yeah, you, if you can't see Aaron, you're, you're missing something. You can't see anything with that shirt on. And, and thanks a lot for having me on your program. You bet. Thanks so much, Jerry. And there you have it, this week on The Edge, Jerry Brown. Oh, what a great interview. You know, Aaron, I, I really think that young man has done a really neat thing. What a great concept. Well, you know, he has. Terry has obviously an angler himself, uh, but really started Bass Fan and, and now has spread into other properties, um, you know, shotgun fan, gun dog fan, inshore fan. But a lot of things help expanding the mission of of really spreading uh, the awareness of the outdoors. And, and I think he just does a great job of bringing the latest news, but also techniques. And that's really one of the reasons why that uh, Bass Edge has stepped up, you know, to pair up with the Bass Fan Army. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's got a military component to it. It does. You know, that's, that's really how Bass Fan Army was started, was more or less for the servicemen and women who were, you know, putting their life on the line around the world uh, to protect our freedom. And so that's really what it came kind of the thrust behind it was to keep them abreast and, and do things for them to where they could still uh, feel like they were involved in the outdoors regardless of where they may be serving time, um, you know, throughout the world. So uh, it's since spread out, you know, to 37,000 members. It's a free organization to join, which makes total sense. That's a lifetime membership. Plus you get the ability to participate in that, that Bass Fan Army Championship. You know, no entry fee, some tremendous prizes and cash that's given away. And, uh, you know, I, I just think they do a really good job. But there's a lot of great things on that side. Absolutely. Well, I know when I remember when I was in the service a long, long time ago, it was nice just to read a hunting magazine or see something to just get your mind off where you were serving. So, exactly. Uh, you know, that that's uh, my hat's off to him. That is really, really awesome. So congratulations, Terry. That is neat. So congratulations. That's, that's nice right. Nice to know we're teaming up with them. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, because, you know, the other thing is they do legitimate product reviews, and I feel like it's just an inside look to get some unbiased feedback, and it's just a perfect match. And, and like you said uh, a time or two before, it just makes sense to have more people, um, you know, exposing the outdoors. So. No, the more people we can get into outdoor communications, the more the sports are going to grow. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I've got a serious concern in the hunting and fishing industries that we're losing too many people and not getting enough back. Exactly. 
Exactly. So, and I know I'm not the Lone Ranger on that thought. No question. Yeah, so there you go. Folks, I can't believe it. We're out of time again. This this thing just goes by way too quick. We really hope you enjoy this podcast stuff as much as we have fun doing it. Believe me, we have and a lot of fun. next week is our last one. Can you believe it? For the year. Is it really? Yeah. We're done for the year? We will be done for the year. We'll take off a, a break for uh, New Year's, and then we come back uh, the following week with a new, whole new format. Wow, I'm excited. Send me a check, and I'm on my way. <laughs> uh, me and Santa's going to be on the beach, baby. Right. So there you go. Hey, folks, if you need to get a hold of us or if you want to see what Aaron and I are up to, actually what Aaron's up to, I'm just like the, the stepchild of the group, <laughs> but just go to www.bassedge.com, and you'll find everything you need to know about what's going on with the TV show and the podcast. So we're going to get out of here. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever your favorite holiday is, we don't care as long as you're happy and you're healthy and you just enjoy the great outdoors, right? That's right. You want to say goodbye? Absolutely. We'll see you next week. All right, folks. For Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan. Thanks so much for listening to The Edge. We'll catch you next time. This week's edition of Bass Edges, The Edge, has been brought to you by B&W Trailer Hitches, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Locker Bar Boat Security Systems, and MegaWare Keel Guard. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com.